Any successful plan requires wisdom and preparation, and retirement is no different. It's time for the Plan Wise Retire Free Podcast. Hey, gang, welcome into this edition of the podcast. You're listening to Plan Wise Retire Free. And we certainly appreciate your time here on the show as we talk investing, finance, and retirement. And this week, specific retirement concerns of baby boomers. But before we get into that, let's say hi to the guys. What's going on, Jude and Mike? Mike, how are you, my friend? Hey, you know what? If I was any better, they'd have to clone me. <laughs> I don't know, Jude, you want to clone a Mike? Well, I was going to say if I'd be any better, I'd be Mike Mott. Well, there you go. Then you'd be a clone. So, <laughs> Oh, there we go. There we go. Well, I'm glad you guys are doing good. And we got, like I said, we got a great show lined up here. We're going to talk about some specific retirement concerns of boomers. And uh, we'll, we'll dive into a few things, some of the most common challenges, fears and objectives, uh, so on and so forth. And let's just get a little background info to kick things off, guys. I would imagine it's pretty high, but I always like to ask this question. What percentage, just roughly ballpark it for us, of your client base is from the baby boomer generation? You know, that's a good question. As I meet with clients, we I don't think we've done a specific analysis of that, but this is our area of a specialty. So I would say at, at least 85% of our clients are baby boomers. We seem to be attracting more Gen X. I'm a, I'm a Gen X guy, so I, I got to take care of my people. Me, me and you, me and uh, you both, yep. <laughs> but we have a significant number of baby boomers and all of the concerns that they have. Yeah. Mike, would you agree with that? About 85%? Well, yeah. Being the bo- boomer in the room. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, okay. But that, that's true. You know, there's so many, you know, we hear about the demographics and there's a huge wave of baby boomers that are going through transition from the working years to retirement years. Right. And so, um, it's just been a natural thing that we've had a, a big focus in a lot of folks coming in that were in that boomer range. Well, you know, I, may, I imagine COVID has changed just about every kind of statistic that anybody can create and throw at. But uh, it used to be something crazy like 10,000 boomers a day hit retirement age. Is, is that something you guys still hear from time to time? Is that still fairly close? I mean, it was a lot. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think that's changed. You know, of course, the The pandemic has made us all a lot more sensitive about who's healthy and who might not be healthy and how we need to worry about exposure. But uh, yeah, I still think it's uh, still happening. Okay. Well, we are into October. This is our October edition. So hopefully uh, everybody's starting to enjoy some cooler temperatures. And I've been asking this of a lot of the different shows that I host. And I know it's not probably quite there yet in Florida, but Team Pumpkin Spice or Team Chili? Jude, where do you fall? Are you a pumpkin spice or a chili kind of guy? I'm a chilly kind of guy. All right. Mike, what about you, buddy? Same. All I'm right. A chili guy. Nice. Yes. Yeah, as it starts to get cool, I look forward to the time where my wife can start making chilies and stuff. She just makes an excellent chili. So I always look forward. So does my mom, too. So it always makes a really good, good one. Good so, comfort food. That's right. Exactly. So speaking of comfort foods and things of that nature, so, so let's talk about some specific challenges that boomers face. And I say that, Jude, because you and I are, as we said, Xers, but uh, I love the chili, but the chili's starting to not love me every year that I get older. <laughs> But food challenges aside, what are some unique financial challenges, guys, that boomers face, maybe compared to their parents? So, you know, my mom was born in 42. Uh, obviously, you know, her, her parents lived through the, uh, through the Depression. She was born just at the tail end of that. I tell you, when I came into the industry at the time, I remember a survey 
that said the decline of the pension fund would be a dramatic change over the tw- over 20 years. And I've been in the industry about 20 years and, and we've definitely seen it. I believe, if I remember correctly, at the time when I came into the industry, around 77 to 78% of people had a pension. And that number has fallen dramatically to about, depending on who you read, 14, 15%. Well, that, that, I was just going to say that, uh, you know, one of Ed Slot's famous quotes is you're, we're in the yo-yo uh, generation, which means you're on your own, which really <laughs> dovetails just perfectly with the fact that most baby boomers, I think today, would, we would not have that pension. So uh-huh. uh, they're on their own to do the planning and they're on their own to do the financing of their retirement. You know, it took me a second to get that, Mike. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and share with everybody. <laughs> yo-yo, you're on your own. I was like, yo-yo, you're on. What is he talking about? <laughs> uh, so that got stick. me. That got me. Yeah. All right. So obviously, yeah, pensions have gone away. You know, there's a lot of different things about, and obviously everything's changed so much over the last, due to your point, 25 years, everything in the world is really sped up, it seems like, you know, much, much faster. So there's definitely a lot of unique challenges out there. But is there a specific financial fear or concern that you're typically hearing from boomers? Is it the tried and true, I just don't want to outlive my money? Or is there anything, you know, further to it? I I would like to to kind of relate the world today, like drinking out of a fire hose. There's just so much information and everything is so complicated and everything's moving so fast that I think uh, most folks are just struggling to try to understand, you know, where do they fit and where do their finances fit in the big scheme of things whenever they're thinking about their retirement. I think, I think things have gotten to be just a lot more complicated and a lot more complex. And also uh, because this generation is projected to live a lot longer than the previous generations, I think that uh, you know they are now realizing just how critical it is to make sure that they put the right plans in place. And I tell you, when I talk to baby boomers, two questions come up pretty consistently. One, I don't want to run out of money before I run out of life. And two, I need to figure out who's going to take care of me when I can't take care of myself. And that one really touches me because, you know, we've talked about this before, my my upbringing, my folks are Haitian Americans and, you know, had a really strong sense of the hierarchy of the family. And, you know, the, the next generation would always take care of the older generation. Mm-hmm. And we did that with my mom and dad. But as I talk to our baby boomer clients, uh, one thing that they say for sure is that I don't want to have to rely on my kids to take care of me. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a two way street, right, Jude? Because not only as parents do we not want to put that burden on our children, but at the same time, you know, there's there's that piece of, I don't know, independence, right? I mean, my mom is 79 and she stayed with my, my wife and I for a couple of years and she's like, I really want to get back out on my own. And so she got herself into a senior apartment complex because, you know, and I worry about her being by herself as she's getting older and older and she's been having some hip problems lately. So, of course, you know, I worry about her falling like we all do and stuff. But, it's one of those things where she's like, no, I want that independence. And and I think that's something to be proud of for sure. Because a lot of times with boomers, you know, just in aging in general, right? You still want to have that. I can take care of myself men- mentality until you realize when you certainly, hopefully you realize anyway, when you, you know, that line comes and you can't anymore. You know, my solution 
is, you know, self-driving cars. I know that when uh, my wife's father got to the point and he was fiercely independent and drove up until his early 90s. And when it came for the day to take the car keys away, was it was a very tough thing for my wife and her brother. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. So my solution is, is the self-driving cars are going to save me because, you know, I'll just there tell the go. car where to go and I'll just go get in it. And the only thing is I can't forget where I was supposed to go whenever I, was get, whenever I got done. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> well, we all need to live in the Jetsons then, right? We need to get closer to that where the house is just totally automated, you know, so everything Perfect. gets done for you. That might take care of it. And we're getting there. I don't know if we'll see it, you know, in the, maybe the next 10, 15 years, but uh, we certainly seem to be getting there. All right. So talking about boomers, specific financial fears. Jude, you mentioned pensions, so let me circle back around to that for just a quick second. Did you guys find with boomers that you have people that had come in who uh, were still lucky enough to have pensions? Did they tend to save less because they had that kind of two legs of the three legs of the milking stool, if you will? They had the pensions and the Social Security, so they did maybe a less, you know, they did lesser on the saving side, or tend to do more. I'm always curious about that because, Mike, to your point, if we have to, if we're on our own, the onus is on us to save more. So I'm always curious if boomers traditionally have done a better job of saving or not, you know, not as much as maybe some of the Gen Xers you might be seeing. I think it's a mixed bag when when concern when considering the pension as part of the financial plan. Mm-hmm. I've seen some boomers come in and they've done an amazing job saving in addition to their pension. And on on the flip side, I've seen some that knew, you know, my pension was going to be worth X amount when I retired and their 401k or savings outside of that wasn't significant at all. Uh, the bottom line is whenever they come to our office with or without a pension is that we put together a plan that addresses the future risks that they do see and some of the risks that they don't see. Yeah. Great point. You know, I think the ones that have the advantage because there's, there's several pensions that have cost of living adjustments to them. Right. But then there's a lot of pensions that are just the same now is the same day as they retired and it's going to be the same, uh, you know, 10 or 15 years from now. And so I think that group is the one where it was really critical that they did some, some additional savings. And we find that those are the ones that kind of are always on the bubble because we know that as the cost of living continues to increase and their pension does not, that that takes an ever increasing amount of money that needs to come from their savings and that's when they really need to do the math. But anyway, that's <laughs> it's really that's really the the group that uh, we find that we need to be the most careful with is because of that okay. um, lack of of uh, cost of living adjustment. Well, one more here, and then we'll take an email question. We'll wrap up this week's podcast. Just in general, guys, what are some of the mistakes that you see by baby boomers when it comes to the retirement planning that they you know if we could highlight that so folks out there maybe could start to avoid some of that. Is it not thinking about taxes? Is it not starting sooner? Although, it, you know, that's something you really can't fix it. If you didn't start soon enough, you just have to kind of make changes with what's available. But is there a common mistake that you see more than others? Well, I tell you, one thing that we see pretty uniform across the board is when to take their social security. If I've heard it once, I've heard it a million times. You know, Jude, I'm really thinking about taking my Social Security at 62. I, I keep on hearing Social Security is going broke. It's not going to be here. And that is one thing that we always have to address because there's 
a lot of good reasons to delay your social security, but we've got to sit down, do the analysis and do the math. Yeah. And I think, you know, the other piece is taxes. I think there's, it just as, as Jude mentioned, you know, sometimes they being somebody that they talk to gives them advice on social security. Uh, there's a lot of other they's that give advices on taxes. I think there's not as much uh, proactive tax planning that need to happen that should happen that doesn't. And I think the other thing is we build financial plans as we look into the future. Uh, you know, I'm really concerned that uh, you know taxes are going to increase. We'll skip all the political drama. Let's just talk about economics. It, it looks like the taxes will have to increase in the future. And if you don't build that into the financial plan, you're, you're liable to end up coming up short. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely on the radar for a lot of things. So uh, those are some concerns of boomers. Those are some uh, issues where baby boomers and really a lot of us can can look at the same thing, even if we're not quite there yet. As Jude and I mentioned, we're uh, we're getting close. We're 50. So people start to put more focus on it at 50 plus. Then you get over 55, you start really kind of thinking more. So if you've got questions or concerns, you need some help. There's something, maybe it's taxes, maybe it's social security, whatever the case might be. Reach out to them. Let them know you'd like to have a conversation. Uh, it's there's no cost or obligation to chat about it. So give them a call at 800-779-4592 before you take any action. It's 800-779-4592. You can also go to the website, planwiseretirefreepodcast.com. That's planwiseretirefreepodcast.com. And while you're there, shoot us an email with a question you might want to uh, have us ask here on the show. And that's what we're going to do right now. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. in a little bit of the vein that we were talking about. We don't have an actual age, but I'm going to go ahead and guess a little bit. Sally, guys, has a question for you. She says, I just heard that I can get half of my husband's, ex-husband's, excuse me, Social Security benefit. Is this true? Can I really take half of it away from him? I'm going to assume she's getting close to Social Security at least. Yeah, I'm going to assume that she's kind of angry. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, well, let's address the can I really take half it away away from it first? Okay, and and the answer to that is no. There are, uh, especially if she's full retirement age, as she has was married to her husband for ten years or more. There's a few other moving parts, but it is possible that she could claim for half of his Social Security. Not meaning take half of his away from him, but look at what his Social Security was and get half of it. It's the Whatever higher of the is. two, right, Mike? Yeah. It's, well, and, and, and in her case, it would be the higher of her own or half of his. Uh, right, uh, right. And so she, you know, she could, you know, if she didn't work very much or uh, didn't have very high income for a whole bunch of years uh, have, and he made a whole lot of money, then maybe half of his Social Security might uh, be something that she'd want to file for. Yeah, because you're not stacking. So, uh, no. that, yeah, that's for sure. Now, it, it's interesting, too, because obviously uh, there's something about being remarried and some other things. But I know my mom actually applied for her first husband's. He, they had been divorced some 30 some odd years or whatever and was able to uh, to do that. He had passed away or whatever, uh, even though she had been married in between there. Hadn't been married for whatever the criteria is. I think it's a number of years you have cannot currently be married. But mm-hmm. we do hear that kind of stuff a lot. There's uh, To Jude's point earlier, there's a lot of questions around Social Security sometimes that people just don't realize. They think just turn it on and go, but there's a myriad of stuff you can deal with. 
I mean, quite frankly, there is just, I mean, they are dropping off. There used to be so many options. It was mind boggling. Uh, but we, uh, we again, we, we take the time to look at all the financial implications of which one and when and how long. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and if people should, that are thinking about doing anything with Social Security should consult a financial advisor that's familiar with Social Security benefits to be sure uh, that they're making the best long-term choice. Because, again, that, those, those they people that give advice uh, usually are dealing with maybe not specific information to them. And we find that so many times people come in with the wrong uh, strategy because they, 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 and they're, they use their limited knowledge of that particular subject or something that someone else says and to, to make the decision. The sad one is when they've already made the decision and already done it, and then they come in and see you. And in many cases, it's too late. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that's one of the reasons we do the podcast is to hopefully shed some light on some of these things so that you can ask those questions and take those actions before it does get to that too late point. And uh, sadly, to Jude's point there, uh, if you uh, if you were hoping to stick it to him, sorry, <laughs> he does, he's not <laughs> really going to know about it. But if you were hoping to not be that way, then yes, it is possible. So definitely, as Mike said, talk with someone who specializes in that. Reach out to the guys, Jude, and Mike, and have a conversation with them. They can certainly help you. 800-779-45. 92. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're choosing if you haven't done so yet. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher. I think Amazon's coming soon as well. So just type in Plan Wise Retire Free in the search box for whatever app you're using, and you should see it pop up, and you can just hit subscribe on whatever platform. Or just find it all at PlanWiseRetireFreePodcast.com. That's PlanWiseRetireFreePodcast.com. Guys, thanks for your time this week. I appreciate it. I'll let you get up out of here. Hope you have a great week. Stay safe and sane. You too, my friend. Take care, bud. We'll see you next time, folks, here on Playing Wise, Retire Free with Jude Wilson and Mike Mott. The preceding program is sponsored by Jude Wilson and Mike Mott, which is solely responsible for its content.